Hello, 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 podcast listeners, and welcome to another edition of PWC Connections, the podcast. We are back for another episode. It is June 2022. I will be one of your hosts. My name is Lamont Henson, and I'm so lucky to be joined by my co-host, Miss. My name is Courtney Lucas. What's up, Courtney? Hey, Lamont. So how are things going for you this June? I am happy with June thus far. Right. It's been good to me. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on, uh, some community events. Things are starting to open back up, and we're getting back out there making contact with our neighbors and letting them know all the great things that are happening with their hometown utility. And, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, I, I think it's great that we're getting out there with our customers, but things that um, some customers may not know, we're observing a couple things this month, like... Okay, tell us. Automotive Service Pro Month. It, is that a thing? It's a thing. It's a big thing. Okay. It's a huge thing, actually. Right. And, you know, we are fortunate enough to have a awesome uh, fleet division that has been awarded, recognized throughout the state, throughout the nation, if I'm not mistaken. But we have two guys that were uh, made some time for us to join us. Uh, our fleet manager, Mr. Jim Scotia, and our fleet shop supervisor, Seth Wagner. How you gentlemen doing? Great. Thank you. How y'all doing today? Doing great. Doing well. Really appreciate y'all making time to join us. Uh, we kind of want to let our audience get more familiar with what we got going on with our fleet division. What is fleet? Uh, this automotive service professional month kind of highlights your area, what you guys do. So we wanted to extend this invite and, uh, you know, just have a conversation. What you got, Courtney? It's funny. Um, PwC vehicles are out and about all day long, all night long. And I have a little boy, and as we're driving to the grocery store or whatever, he sees a PwC truck and he gets really excited. Um, so people see our vehicles, but they may not realize that somebody has to work on those vehicles. And so it's exciting to me that we're getting to talk to James and Seth this morning, um, and they're going to explain what they do in fleet. Somebody has to manage those vehicles. So I'm excited about this episode. That's a great point. You, we do have a lot of vehicles that are out in the city all times of uh, the, the, the week. And you, you may assume that it's like the city that's working on them or you may not even think about it. So you're right. It's a great, great chance to highlight these guys. Jim, I want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about what do you do as the fleet manager and, uh, you know, what does your, your day to day look like and how long you've been with PwC? Sure. Thanks. Uh, I've been at PwC now four and a half years Okay. and I uh, started out over in the fleet and been in the fleet ever since. And I uh, was a service supervisor or a fleet service manager there for uh, three and a half years. And then recently late year ago, I got promoted to fleet manager. Got the congratulations. Up, so I appreciate that. Um, so fleet, you know, we pretty much, control, maintain, support the company's operations by providing them all the equipment, assets, vehicles that they need to do their job. And that covers everything from the largest excavator, heavy piece of equipment that the company has to the smallest weed eater. And then everything in between, all the vehicles, all the vehicles, like you said, your son has seen. So a lot of responsibility there because it's more than just keeping a vehicle on the road. It's about acquisitions of getting the vehicles that the department's budget for and saying what they need to do their job, maintaining those over so many years to keep the, you know, the money going for where it needs to be. And then once we're done with those vehicles, we have to dispose of them. So depending on the condition, we try to be selling back through the, you know, the company through uh, gov deals mm, and put okay. it back out into the, the community so they can use it or buy. So how do you how do you know when it's time to dispose of them? So we track all the vehicles by miles and hours. And typically on the usage rate, uh, fleet industry standards try to go for about eight to 10 years based on the average usage rate. But we analyze those daily as they come in, track of miles through fuel and everything else. And then as they come in for their scheduled maintenance, 
Seth and his crew and the other folks will look at them and validate, okay, they are on the timeline that they should be or they're not. And then we have our equipment analysts and operations analysts to look at those and based on average usage rates, we'll compare it to what the availability is out in, in the environment and we'll you know, pretty much budget to replace those if need be. Great segue, Seth. <laughs> Tell us about uh, your title as the fleet shop supervisor. What does your day-to-day -day look like and how long you've been with PwC? I've actually been with PwC since December of last year. So still, still a new guy. Yeah, still a new guy. Uh, learning every day, though. Um, it's an awesome environment. I will say that. Um, day to day for me, you know, we do have, you know, we have the basic emails like everybody in the company knows you have to, you have to handle those as well. But coming in the morning time, kind of look what's on the agenda for the day. You know, what, what orders are created, what assets are out. Um, we shuttle vehicles, we delegate tasks to our guys, we do quality control checks, all that stuff, whatever it takes to support the mission of PwC and our customers. That's most important. And we try to try to make sure those vehicles are ready. Some vehicles may not move, you know, for two or three months, but when they're needed, they're needed. Now, as you guys may know, we have been named one of the best employers in the state. And I think there's an unawareness of all the different opportunities available at PwC. So whenever we have guests join us on the podcast, I, I try to ask them to share a little bit about their, their background and work experience. So I think our listeners can get a, a better idea of how maybe they can travel a similar path. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to hear about your titles and be so interested that they want to do what you do. So if you would share, how did how did you get here? Sure. So my my previous work and my job, I was in the military, served in the Air Force, and I was air, aviation aircraft maintenance. Wow, so, cool. So pretty much everything I'm doing here at PwC is applicable from there. Just instead of having wheels, we had wings. Uh -huh. so, you know, <laughs> like so, so 28 years doing that. And then after I retired and moved on, I came here. And got right into logistics and management again, mm -hmm. and pretty much maintaining and making sure there's a mission capable fleet, whether it's in the sky or on the ground, mm -hmm. you know, to do what people need to do. So, what about you, Seth? Uh, well, uh, my journey's not as interesting. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, it I'm is. I'm being humble. Um, well, actually, at 12 years old, I had started off at Ace Automotive mm -hmm. in Rayford. I was the, uh, the helper, they would say, you know, I would mop the floors, I would pick up shop rags, mm -hmm. sweep, whatever needed to be done. And uh, did that for a couple of years, did it before school, after school, you know, my skateboard was my my Uber, basically, mm -hmm. took me everywhere. And uh, after a few years of doing that, they realized that I had the drive and determination, I wanted to be a technician, I didn't just want to be, you know, a mechanic, I want to be a technician, make a career out of it. So graduated high school, went to Virginia Beach, I did automotive technology and higher performance. I did service writing, uh, which I do recommend doing that. I did service writing. I did parts professional, and I did uh, shop management and admin. You learn a lot of things that way. Um, got done with that, came back, ran shops in Rayford, in and out for a little while, uh, contracted military for a little while, modern protection. That was very interesting. My first daughter was born. I realized I wanted to be home more. Mm -hmm. So I started working at the, uh, the city of Rayford, heavy equipment technician. Again, did that for a while. And a position came up at PwC. I looked at it as, you know, everybody in Rayford, they always talked about PwC. <laughs> it's an amazing place to work. They got the most up-to-date fleet. You know, the facility's amazing. And I thought, well, throw my name in the hat, and it worked out for me. So uh, I can I can definitely vouch that. The place is awesome. There's a lot of opportunities. And, you know, where you end up is not always where you start. So I love stories like that. And I, I have... I really enjoy people um, like Seth coming into the into the bucket because people need to be aware that you don't need 
to work. You don't need a degree from MIT or Yale or Harvard mm-hmm. or whatever to, right. to come into PwC. Um, there yeah. are so many um, people who work here who went to a technical school mm-hmm. or, you know, FTCC or, you know, they went to a trade school and they have great careers. Um, so, yeah, I think that's awesome, Seth. Yeah, I had a, I toured several of the, the large schools, you know, Wyotech, UTI, mm-hmm. uh, National Auto Diesel Tech. And uh, they were they were great. They had all the flashy stuff to interest you. You know, anything, uh, you know, a young guy would see and go, oh, wow, I want to do that. Yeah. But when I walked through the facility at ATI, the guys, they were all technicians. They weren't just teachers. You know, mm-hmm. they had they had their own shop. They rebuilt their own transmissions, whatever it may be. And then you look at the pricing point. There's nothing wrong with university. There's a lot of stuff to be had there, but not everybody is fit for university. Right. Some people do go the vocational route or technical, and you learn just as much, and you know you're just as competitive in the workforce. That's right. And usually less debt. It, it, less. I, I didn't want to say that, but you're right. <laughs> a lot less debt. Hundred thousand versus twenty three. It's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. I was expecting you two to do like a little Virginia Beach handshake. I was gonna wait until after the podcast, ah. Seth. I am from Virginia Beach. Okay. Well, I'm a I beach on, girl. I lived on Nineteenth Street, Oceanfront. I was nine miles from the beach. I grew up nine miles from yep. the beach. And um, I often make jokes about how uh, in my school parking lot, kids had surfboards yes. on top of their Volkswagens. Yes. Um, yep. So when I moved here and I was hearing about kids who had hunting material in their yep. Uh, it, it was very strange to me. Yep. We would go to the beach after school, not hunting. Yep. So thank you, Lamont. That might get cut out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll keep it in there. Okay. So I, I want to know about the fleet environment. Um, Whenever I go over to fleet, it's pristine. Everybody's working very hard. Um, Those vehicles are getting worked on diligently. But I'm, what is it actually it, like? It looks hospital clean over there. Well, we oh, appreciate yeah. that. Um, So, you know, not that's not the standard we want to have as a hospital. But, you know, the vision is that, you know, if you took your vehicle anywhere downtown, your personal vehicle will get cleaned. You know, first impression is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so that instills what kind of quality and maintenance you're going to get on your vehicle. So, and plus the same aspect, you know, th- this is company properties or taxpayers' dollars. So, we have to take a, a stewardship in that and maintain that and protect that. So, but yeah, so again, it comes hand in hand with if you have a quality place and you have a quality looking environment, you know, it should roll into the type of work you're doing as well. Yeah. And you hear as a, uh, you hear a lot of people say, you know, don't take your work home with you. And uh, in the in the mechanic or the technician field, that's kind of a joke because you go to a dirty shop and you walk through it, you're taking it home with you. Because <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in and out of everybody's vehicles. <laughs> now, now about how many employees are in the fleet area, and and I guess what are some of the different uh, opportunities or, or job titles with, under that umbrella? We have 27 assigned right now to our fleet complex, and with that, we have our standard staff administration. Um, we have our analysts. We have our parts department that we actually maintain our own parts inside as a small warehouse and actually distribute parts for the mechanics. Um, and then, of course, we have our shop maintainers. And then we have a subsection, too, which is our machine and welding shop, which pretty much supports all of PwC, yep. not just fleet. Yep. And they keep you know pretty much all operations and machine work and tooling going for the company. Um, but, yeah, for maintainers, for the shop, we have two separate shops. And uh, of those are 14 technicians, seven wow. on each side that maintain the vehicles and equipment we have for the company. Pretty important, guys. Absolutely important, guys, I would think. Now, in, in addition to uh, the, the the number of employees, how many vehicles are you guys servicing and, uh, you know, keeping us up and, and going? Like, how, what do those numbers look like? So so the vehicles themselves, rolling vehicles, are 293. Those are the ones like you'll see on the mm-hmm. side of the road. But for overall pieces of equipment, we have 640 assets. Wow. So 640, 640 assets. Okay. 
And so, you know, there, there's different variants of that. So when you look at a small pickup, you know, you look at it as being a vehicle, but then you have your larger vehicles, like your, your bucket trucks, mm-hmm. right. your Derricks, right. then you have your excavators, right. your big equipment. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the challenges that we have with fleet because compared to other automotive fleets where you standardize just one or two types of vehicles, mm-hmm. we're very diverse. Small, small speed equipment, too. small engines, exactly. Yeah. Um, so again, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot we maintain yeah. because the company's operation is so diverse. Mm-hmm. Every time you see, every time you say excavator, I think about the my little excavator book from the Dolly Parton Imagination oh Library. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, Father's Day is coming up. These I'm are a little bit bigger. Yes, <laughs> a little bit bigger. Yeah. So, so, out of everything you do, what would you say is the most enjoyable part of your career? I would say. Go ahead. Yes, yes. Well. I- I would say that I enjoy that every day is a new challenge. Um, every time you come in, there's a different type of piece of equipment that needs to be worked. You can have 27 F-150s built on the same day by the same, you know, same facility, and they each have their own problems. So you can take what you know, and you, as a technician, you have to take your education experience. You have to spread it out across everything because, you know, again, it's a big excavator. Tomorrow it might be a small weed eater. And a lot of the small engines, you know, like the big stuff, it's, it's specialty items. You know, you can't just start taking stuff apart and put it back together. It's, it's totally different. Technology is different. Some of those are fuel injected. I mean, there's so many different things. But that's one of the biggest things that I enjoy about fleet, uh, especially PwC, how diverse it is. Mm-hmm. You get to use the education, something you may have learned five years ago and thought you forgot. When the opportunity comes up, just the recall, you're like, oh, you know what? I remember that. Right. It's is it a like riding a bike? Uh, no, did that fall flat? Yeah. <laughs> flat is. tire? Flat tire? Yeah. Yeah. I know where you were going. I'm trying. Yeah, it's not an automotive. Okay. The but only issue is riding a bike is riding a bike, but yeah. every year new technology comes out, uh-huh. and, and especially dealing with fleet, our technicians, you know, an oil change or even something like putting on an alternator on a 1998 pickup is nothing like a 2022. Mm. It's totally different. Right. Riding a bike, you pedal <laughs> and you go, regardless of what color or who made it. Yeah. And right on the heels of that, what are some of the challenges that you guys are facing with the automotive industry or just, you know, everyone's saying there's supply chain issues going on. But what are what are you guys looking at? There is. And, you know, and before we get on supply chain, in addition to what Seth was saying, the technology where we're at with vehicles today is a massive, um, you know, we're talking about computer based systems, cam buses, mm-hmm. um, you know, so. It's the technology is growing faster than the industry can keep up and train technicians with to maintain it. Yeah, that's true. Um, So it's not just our fleet in PwC, it's all automotive fleets and all industry fleets that are seeing this, whether it's equipment or whatever. Um, So the challenges we have, along with parts and supply chain, is there are certain limitations we have in fleet to maintain assets. So we have to vendor those out to certain vendors and do sublet work. They are also constrained because they are also filling pandemic results as well as having a trained adequate staff to do what they need to do. So we were feeling that the impacts of that. So that's a great point. Do you do you uh, presume or envision that the industry may go to where you you need like a, a certification each year type of thing? Because you're right, technology is booming. They do. Um, we have our own house tech, technicians with certifications. We we go after the NAFA assembly of the ASCs that we try to get, but even those and as well are just basic certifications okay. for industry standard repairs. Uh, depending on the vehicles or the type of equipment you're using, there's specific certifications and training for those assets as well. Depending on the dealerships or the brands that they are, you know, whether it's like John Deere, um, Cummins, whatever they may be. Um, because again, the ASCs are a great uh, aspect for us that we use for training, but right. again, it only touches the basics. No. So, 
And and how does that look now? PwC, of course, is doing our part to reduce emissions. Uh, we're looking at uh, you know alternate fuels. We have uh, hybrid vehicles. How does that look in terms of maintaining those those assets? That's uh, whenever I was going through the program back in 2009, we had early generation of the electric vehicles and the hybrids, and then the technology just was not there. The technicians we were overtrained but the tech the technology could not keep up with it now we're kind of on the back side of that the technology is changing so quickly that in order for us to again have somebody adequately staffed to repair those it's it's hard it's not the same as you know a basic honda core gasoline engine you're talking serious voltage and this stuff is very dangerous are students today younger guys and gals today um who are at these trade schools are they being taught this technology a lot of your schools do offer it, um, unfortunately, because it's not fully endorsed by okay. a lot of your manufacturers just yet. It's not a requirement. Okay. For me, it was not, but I, I knew that we were going to get there. The mm -hmm. technology would come, so I chose to go through okay. it. But if possible, it is a recommended course for sure because it, it is going that way. Um, I have a question. So I'm I'm one of the nerdier employees here, and I soak things up like a sponge. Um, so I can remember when I first started and I was going through different areas of the company, um, I was amazed at how many miles um, our vehicles drove. And a number that stood out to me was like something like 7,000 miles a day. Is that still accurate? It is. It's actually increased. It's increased. In fact, <laughs> on, on an average, uh, we're like 8,400 miles a, a, day. Day. a day. A day. And we do about... 2.2 million annually you know and that's um, that's why my son and i every time we're out and about you see a pwc vehicle you can't help it see them working right. or see them driving that's, that's absolutely right. Right. right um and the logos for example i learned you know when the cars vehicles the bucket trucks whatever when they come in off the truck there's nothing on them so even our fleet department is responsible for putting logos on the trucks we do that's yeah. that's amazing to me there's an area in fleet who stickers the trucks right when the vehicles come in we spec them out based on what they are and what the departments require mm -hmm. and they will also upfit a vehicle for special requirements for a department so whether it's additional tools toolboxes different apparatus, generators, generators. Yep. absolutely so then of course really we have our standards that we do for certain lighting mm -hmm. the stickers you bet we have a segment um, on our YouTube channel um, in the how does it work area. Um, there's a vehicle we have that's kind of like a fixer vehicle. I don't know what you call it, but it's the one that has like gasoline on it. If there's a flat tire somewhere out in the field. Um, what is that vehicle called? The service truck. The service, service truck. truck. Yes. Yeah. So, again, that was the service yeah. truck. Duh. Truck <laughs> Why are you laughing at me, Lamont? It's the obvious name. The truck for service. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that part out too. <laughs> but it's under the um, how does it work tab on our YouTube channel, um, and we just spoke to one of the one of the fleet employees about this cool truck that can go around. So there's a flat tire, or again, if a vehicle runs out of gas, uh, yeah. you guys will come to us and take care of the problem. Yeah, best we can. You yeah, yeah, fleet's a major operation at the now, utility. Now, one of the things everyone is talking about. Our electric vehicles, EVs, uh, they were all over the Super Bowl in terms of commercials oh, yeah. and things yeah. of that nature. And I know we have uh, the, the the Volt, which is all electric, and I, I see it plugged up sometimes to the charging station. And for those who do not know, there are four free charging stations uh, in Fayetteville uh, at Market Fair Mall, Clark Park, and Honeycutt Park, Lake Rim Park, for those who are local. But uh, what do you guys see things going in terms of evs we are uh 
know, in the process of getting an EV club going here in Fayetteville, things of that nature. So how does, what are you guys seeing? I know you're ahead of that. Right, right. So as part of our acquisitions and, and also helping with our, our company strategic plan and, and going with the green initiative, um, we have a budget and forecast for the next five years going through adding EVs to our fleet and replacing the ICE vehicles. With those right now, because of limitations of full electric vehicles, we're going with hybrids. And right now we're planning for about a 13 to 15% rotation out in the next five years. Okay. Of course, if budgets and if the current administration goes where they're going. And that, that will help us. Mm -hmm. um, the, the challenges we have as, as a company and a utility is as much as EVs are a great thing, there's constraints when it comes to the operations and being readily available. For instance, you know, because we're always on call or during storms, you know, if we don't have power capabilities, there's no way to charge those electric vehicles. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. So to respond to the community's needs, you know, it'd be hard for us to do so if we had vehicles that weren't ready. So that's wow. a challenge we look and we're working with the departments on that, you know, again, because we want to move that initiative to go on EV, but we also got to understand the constraints and the operational needs and what we have to support for the company. Absolutely. So... Well, I, you know, I could talk to you guys all day. Courtney, you got anything else? This is like a, one of those uh, Tim Allen episodes. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, my Lord. Cut we'll that part about, out, too. We'll talk about Virginia Beach later. <laughs> we sure will, Tuck. We sure will. <laughs> well, we always walk you down. Come on down to Fleet. We'll show you around. And, oh, yeah, I love Fleet. Bet. I can hang out there all day. I think it's sure. very, very, very cool. Take a tour. Well, I want to say thank you guys uh, publicly for everything that you're doing for PwC and the organization. You guys are true professionals and uh what better time to recognize you than during automotive service professional month uh as i mentioned every time i step over the fleet it's immaculate which is amazing considering what y'all are doing over there you're working on cars it's grease it should be dirty a little bit but you no know, you guys are you're getting your hands dirty you're keeping the the, the the spot clean it looks great and bright and shiny it's beautiful yeah and you're keeping the trucks or all the assets operating as they need to be so i, I want to say thank you we greatly appreciate it we appreciate you thank you very much for our listening audience uh please continue to listen to pwc connections the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts apple spotify whatever platform that may be just do a search go ahead and what is it like follow us subscribe that's subscribe. that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> and while you're also doing that follow us on our social media platforms uh facebook Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, next door. It's all by the handle of FAYPWC. Quick reminder of some events that we have going on in June. Tonight, actually, if you're listening, is the opening night for the Public Works Art Exhibition at 301 Hay Street, the Arts Council. It's the opening night from uh, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So if you're listening to this today, stop on by. But if you're catching it a little later, the exhibit will be open until August 20th. And a heads up for next week's event, June 24th. It is our grandioso event. It is the Power <laughs> and Water Conservation Expo, also known as the PWC Expo. That's going to be going on at 121 Hay Street, Skyview on Hay, downtown. Go check us out, the Cool Springs District. And that's going to be pretty much all day that Friday from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Come on out. You can speak with some of our professionals. You get an, uh, perhaps an introduction to our new Energy Resource Center. You get a demo of that. You can also grab one of our free reusable tote bags, fill it up with some of the great conservation giveaways that we have for energy and water, get some advice, get some information. And did I mention it was free? 
They're both free. And maybe you can meet Seth and Jim. Who knows? Everything's free. And I heard a great saying, if it's free, that's for me. And give me three. <laughs> Cut that part out, too. No, I'm glad. <laughs> whole episode. It's the slight chuckle. That's what I wanted, oh the slight gosh. chuckle. Once again, I want to thank our guests for joining us. Thank our audience for listening. Courtney, thank you for stomaching the bad jokes. Thank you for having me. And we will catch you guys next time. Take care. Bye-bye.